Hi, I'm Edwin. And I'm Andrew. Sound the battle cry. Two men, 15 minutes, eternal impact. Welcome to Text Talk. For the Lord, gird your armor on, stand firm, everyone. Morning, Edwin. Good morning, Andrew. Happy Monday, my friend. Happy Monday. It is a very happy Monday here. I, I just have to let all of our friends know that we have a new and improved Text Talk studio. Absolutely. We've gotten several upgrades over the weekend, so I am excited. And thank you, sir, for uh, for getting this all set up. We have some proper sound blankets Acoustic in here. Acoustic blankets. Acoustic blankets. Deaden that echo that was still there just a little bit. It was there I a hope. little bit. I hope. I hope yeah. it's deadening. We'll it's find out. a big difference. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> but it's great. And we are continuing our study in the Word of God. We're looking at Psalm 90 today, which uh, according to the heading... From Moses, mm-hmm. a Psalm of Moses, a the psalm. only the only one like that in this the, o- the only one attributed to him. Canon of 150. Yes, absolutely. Yeah. So I'm going to kick off. Well, and speaking I, of canon, aren't we also beginning a new book of the Psalms today? Good point. Good point. Yes, we have five books within the Psalms. Mm-hmm. A lot of folks don't realize this. I know when we brought this up before, we've received letters or emails. Nobody writes letters anymore. We've received emails. This is why saying, we what get you, emails? What are you talking about? There are actually, so if you've got your Psalms open, notice that before Psalm 90, it says book four, mm-hmm. because there are actually four different collections of Psalms within this entire book. And here we have book one is from Psalm 1 to 41. Book two is from Psalm 42 to 72. And we started in the middle of that this season. Right. So we right. started with Psalm 54 in the middle of book two. Book three is Psalm 73 through 89, and that's what we just finished. Mm-hmm. And there were a couple of Asaphite cycles and yeah. a Korahite got cycle. The Korahites so in we there. got those. I think we got an Ethan in there for good measure, too. Well, and yeah, but that was also, <laughs> yes, that is true. And then now we're starting Psalm 90, and we will almost finish book four, because I think we're going to get to Psalm 105. Oh, all right. And book four goes to Psalm 106. <sighs> So close. <laughs> so close. Maybe we need a bonus so episode. So close. We might. We might do a bonus week or something. We'll see. Anyway, that'll get us there. And then the final book is Psalm 107 to Psalm 50. That's, oh, Psalm 150. 150. 150, yeah. So that's uh, that's what we're going to, that's what we find. Yeah. Very good. So we're excited about that, getting into this fourth division of the psalm. So everyone, why don't you read Psalm 90 for us? From the English Standard Version, A Prayer of Moses, the Man of God. Lord, you have been our dwelling place in all generations. Before the mountains were brought forth, or ever you had formed the earth and the world, from everlasting to everlasting, you are God. You return man to dust and say, Return, O children of man. For a thousand years in your sight are but as yesterday when it is past, or as a watch in the night. You sweep them away as with a flood. They are like a dream, like grass that is renewed in the morning. In the morning it flourishes and is renewed. In the evening it fades and withers. For we are brought to an end by your anger. By your wrath we are dismayed. You have set our iniquities before you, our secret sins in the light of your presence. For all our days pass away under your wrath. We bring our years to an end like a sigh. The years of our life are seventy, or even by reason of strength eighty. Yet their span is but toil and trouble. They are soon gone and we fly away. Who considers the power of your anger and your wrath according to the fear of you? So teach us to number our days that we may get a heart of wisdom. Return, O Lord, how long have pity on your servants. Satisfy us in the morning with your steadfast love that we may rejoice and be glad all our days. 
Make us glad for as many days as you have afflicted us, and for as many years as we have seen evil. Let your work be shown to your servants and your glorious power to their children. Let the favor of the Lord our God be upon us, and establish the work of our hands upon us. Yes, establish the work of our hands. In the heading that attributes this to Moses, it's called a prayer of Moses. Mm -hmm. Prayer of Moses, the man of God. Yes. And uh, I, I was thinking, I know that Moses wrote a long song, a song, you know, in, in Deuteronomy, the song of Moses mm-hmm. and so forth. Yeah. This is quite so a bit Deuteronomy briefer 32. than that. Yeah. Uh, but this one's called a prayer. Yes. And not a song. He is called the man of God in Deuteronomy 33 and verse 1. That's mm-hmm. the one time in the Torah where he is referred to as man of God. Okay. Uh, Joshua also does that and refers to him that way in Joshua 14, 6. Okay. So he gets called the man of God, and that's what's brought into this title here. Look, as you are sure, I'm sure, already aware, there's a ton of people that say, oh, this doesn't mean he wrote it. Right. Yes, I'm, I am aware. <laughs> I'm aware. <laughs> this doesn't mean he wrote it. I mean, we don't even know if he wrote Genesis, let alone the psalm. And there are people that say that, oh, if there goodness. even was a Moses. Yeah. Ah, ridiculous. Look, so I we understand and we've recognized from these attributions, they don't always mean this is the author sometimes in right. the style of. I, but I don't know how you have in the style of Moses if he didn't write any others. That's a good point. So <laughs> I, I guess I tend to just come back and say, all right, some editor later might have said, we want you to think of Moses as you're reading this. This is the kind of prayer Moses would have said. It yeah. fits within his life. Somebody might have done that. I guess the thing that I think about that is that if they were open to that thought, why would they have only done it once? Mm, yeah. And it seems to me that that just doesn't, that, that just doesn't, I don't know, doesn't smell right to me. So I think, I think probably this early witness is just giving us, this is at least is that, that they really believed Moses wrote this. Yeah. And so I think Moses wrote it. That's what I'm going to say on that. It's a beautiful statement uh, to start this book four of the Psalms uh, to really glorify God. And to commit to, we need to trust in him, and we need to find a refuge or a dwelling place in him. At the very least, Andrew, the editors of this book of the Psalms said, we want you thinking about Moses and his life as you're reading this. Yeah. So as we've said before, these ancient headings are the earliest commentary, at the Mm -hmm. very least, on these Psalms, even though I think I'm going to personally say, yeah, Moses wrote this. Either way, it gets us back to placing it somewhere in Moses' life. And I think that makes this very first statement in the psalm pretty powerful. Mm -hmm. Because if we're going to put this someplace in Moses' life, I think most folks think the most natural place to put it is during the wilderness wanderings. Yeah, Uh, Moses has been called by God. He's come back. He's Mm -hmm. delivered the Israelites by the power of God, by the working of God's right hand. And now they're out wandering in the wilderness and they have no dwelling place. Right. And so, but how does Moses start the psalm? The Lord is our dwelling place. Well, and to dovetail with that, our dwelling place in all generations. And what a beautiful thought that is, that Moses is the prophet being handed the history of God's people in these generations on Mount Sinai, plus what you know, whatever he may have received, being raised up by his parents as well. But an awareness that this God who reveals himself and his name, his promises and his plan for this people— has been faithful to this people. 
a dwelling place in all generations. And when you think about Edwin, this people has never really had a place to dwell, have they? Abraham, he goes around dwelling in tents, and there's a promise of a land, but they don't have that land. And, and if it is the wilderness wanderings, well, what does that mean? They had gotten to the edge of the promised land, only to have the spies give an evil report. The people lose all faith that God would deliver in the land. So, so now they don't get the land again. Now here's a generation that's going to be with no place to dwell. Uh, until God will ultimately bring about giving them that land. But who has not forsaken them, even in this? It is God. He's guiding them by day. He's guiding them by night. He is the one where they can dwell. If this is written during the wilderness wandering period, I think another aspect of this is the juxtaposition with the fact that right at the beginning of the wilderness wandering period, what did Israel make? What did God have Israel make? Yeah. With their, he had make to make the tabernacle, tabernacle right? That the tent. dwelling place for God. So now mm-hmm. God has a dwelling place among Israel. But what Moses does is flips that and says, "This is not. We're not your dwelling place. You're our dwelling place." Mm-hmm. I think that's a powerful point. It is. If we recognize that. Here's another possibility, and I think this is something to think of. The possibility that either as Moses was kind of coming into his own, having been trained in the education of the Egyptians and whatever he experienced as an Egyptian, and as he's starting to recognize, wait a minute, the Egyptians are not my people. The Israelites are my people. And he's witnessing and starting to recognize the suffering of who his people really are. And this period of time where he might at that time be meditating on God and and the will of God and the will of this people and for all the struggle he had at the beginning of delivering them, you know, when Stephen looks back and preaches about it, he says that that he supposed the people would know God was going to deliver them by his hand. Right. So yeah. Stephen attributes to Moses some submission to God, some recognition of God, and some idea that he was going to be God's man. Now, at that point, he wasn't ready to be God's man. No, he wasn't. God did use him later. Yep. But we do have this recognition of God and submission to God and thinking he was going to be working God's plan. So, so potentially writing this type of prayer during that period of time, a period of time where he's now recognizing his place in Israel, the need for deliverance for Israel, formulating a plan of how he is going to deliver Israel, and starting to meditate on those things and potentially producing this psalm during that time. And if you, if you have that, this, I think it still makes this first sentence really powerful because what we have is their dwelling place is not Egypt. And you think about why they came into Egypt. They came into Egypt for protection from a famine. And it might be very easy for them to see that Egypt is the protector. Mm -hmm. Even though right now they're enslaved, Egypt is the protector. But what Moses says is that's not it. Goshen is not the dwelling place. Egypt is not the dwelling place. The Lord is the dwelling place. The Lord is the one that protected us and brought us into Goshen, and is the and the Lord is the one who will protect us and get us out of this slavery. The Lord is the one who will get us into His place wherever He wants us. That's that's what what Moses would be saying there, and I think that's just a powerful picture as well. You know, with that with that thought, I keep reading into verse two: before the mountains were brought forth, or ever you had formed the earth and the world, even from everlasting to everlasting, you are God. Here is this earth that has been created for us to dwell. Here is the goodness of all creation for us to dwell. But even that is not the dwelling. We are dwelling in him. It puts me in mind of how uh, the apostle Paul was explaining God to the Athenians. In him we live and move and have our being. That there is not breath and there is not life apart from God. We truly do dwell in him. 
it's his world. He, he made this world. We dwell where he allows us to dwell. He is the one that establishes the boundaries. As Paul go. said in his mm-hmm. sermon, uh, we, we recognize that God is the ruler. He is the sovereign. Here's the thing that I get for us today. It's one thing for us to think through who wrote this and when they wrote it and how it might be used in, in Israel for their, for their praying. And, and, and you know, I, I, real quick, I think um, as we've been going through the Psalms, we saw in book three these cycles that took Israel a couple of times through the, the period of kings on into the judgment under Assyria and Babylon and into the exile. Mm-hmm. We find that those cycles of Psalms kept taking us there and then right. talking about how God was going to deliver. So it, 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 it really fits that kind of story arc to kick off book four with a Psalm that says, we've been judged by God but God's the one who's going to deliver and we're asking him to deliver. I mean, it fits that context. So I can see this being a prayer that would have been used mm-hmm. in the captivity, the early days of the post-exile, because it would it would talk about that deliverance from God. So it's, it's one thing, Andrew, for us to look back at the historical context of who wrote it, the historical application of how Israel might use this prayer. But for us, I think it's really important to recognize in this very first sentence, Lord, you have been our dwelling place in all generations. No matter where we live, work, move, Mm -hmm. have our being or dwell, we are at home when we are with God. Mm -hmm. And that's the thing we need to remember. Yeah. Uh, Wherever we end up going in this life, in this world, when we are with God, when we are walking hand in hand with him, we have our dwelling place. We are at home. And that's how we need to live this life. Well, that blesses me. And I'm glad we've had this time to be together and to study the Word of God in Psalm 90. I'm looking forward to many more conversations about that this week, at least four more. And we hope that you'll join us for all of them. We'd love to get your feedback. You know, like you said, Edwin, sometimes we get letters, but mostly we get emails. Text talk at christiansmeethere.org. Text talk at christiansmeethere.org. Let's pray. Our great God and Father, thank you, Lord, for this day. We thank you, Father, for the goodness of your hand and supplying some new equipment for us to be able to continue doing this podcast and we pray father that we do it ever better and for your glory and we thank you father for the people who listen and who share it and tell other people about it we thank you father as we've read this scripture today to be mindful that that you are our dwelling place and father whatever circumstance we find ourselves, situation where we live how long we've lived there father we are to live in you and what a blessing that we can through jesus christ You bless us so richly every day. Thank you for today. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. Thanks for talking about the text with us today. I'm Edwin Crozier, and I'd like to invite you to join the Christians who meet on Livingston Avenue in Lutz, Florida, this Sunday for our Bible classes and worship. You can find out more at christiansmeethere.org. Check out our daily written devotional that goes along with today's episode. You can find a link for it in our show notes. Michael Eldridge sang all four parts of our theme song. You can get more from him at acapeldridge.com. Please remember to subscribe, rate, and review Text Talk in your favorite podcast app so others can find it and learn about it more easily. Have a fantastic day. Steady, steady, pass the word along. Onward, forward, shout aloud, Hosanna. Christ is captain of the mighty throne. You know, you didn't tell any good jokes today, so I couldn't.